Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Change Your Thinking, Change Your Life podcast. My name is Michelle Burkhardt, and I'm your host. On today's episode, we're going to talk about two different types of thinking, uh, using your brain to think. Uh, And the reason why we're doing this is because I've had conversations and then also just some things I've been seeing on social media lately, um, uh, particularly in reference to, you know, you, you are or are not a thinker based on your relationship with logic and reasoning. Okay. So I want to talk about these two different kind of camps of thinking and really, uh, to, to, first of all, just showcase that, you know, there are these two different ways of thinking, uh, neither one is better than the other. Uh, and when you begin to start saying one is better than the other, you're missing out. Okay. And really we want to be able to have a good understanding of both. Now you may or may not be able to think in both of these ways, which is okay. Uh, you could be hardwired for one or the other, which is just fine. However, you need to be aware of and understand the importance of the other way of thinking. And if you know that you are hardwired for one or the other, and um, you want to value the importance of the other way of thinking, then get to know people who are hardwired to think the other way. Okay. So really, this is an effort to show you, um, you know, two different sides of things, if you will, and and really to say those are the two ends of the spectrum. And you get to choose how you want to think anywhere in between on the on the continuum. And uh, if you are more towards one side or the other, you can always develop your your other type of thinking over time. But I also want to um, dispel the myth that there's only one type of thinking because that's not true. Okay. So um, uh, let me tell you a little bit about each one of them. So the one that is most often in the American culture references thinking is using the left side of your brain, which is very much focused on um, gathering facts, okay, and using your senses to do that, um, particularly your five senses. Um, It's a a verbal-based thinking, meaning that if there's no language around it, you have to create language, concepts, and meaning, and you have to have a group of people who come around and say, yes, this is what we agree that this means. So for example, um, think about anything having to do with science, right? You're, you're going out, you're collecting information. Uh, as I'm recording this, I'm looking outside, I see a bunch of trees. You know, if I were to observe these trees with my eyes, I would say, hey, this is, you know, about the, the color, the shape, the size that I'm seeing. I could go out, I could touch it with my hands and tell you what I think that texture is like. I could smell it with my nose and try to explain that. So what I'm doing is I'm taking information from the outside environment and I'm putting it through filters of my experience and my verbal words that I know. And I'm explaining that in a way that other people have come together and said, this is what that means. So if I were to say this tree is very smooth and then this tree over here is very bumpy, um, you would understand that there's a difference between those two trees. Okay. It's this type of thinking is very much, um, based on logic and reasoning. Again, 
with that, that verbal kind of structure in measurement. So we have tools for measuring things, right? Um, and I think about colors. Listen, colors are, are things that we as humans have said, this is what this color is. Okay. Somebody somewhere had to make up the words for colors and say, here you go. Anything from this shade to this shade is going to be called yellow. Anything from this shade to this shade is going to be called brown. Okay. And we all got together and said, yes, we agree. That's what that is. Okay. So when we go and we are talking about our observations and collecting data and we're measuring, we're trying to figure out how do I fit this one concept into um, you know, the, the communication and language so that others will understand it. I think about um, my PhD as I'm working on my dissertation. That's all that this whole paper is, is going out, collecting data, uh, analyzing it and sharing it with people and saying, okay, and uh, based on these assumptions, what we know, um, this is what, what we see from the data. This is what this means. This is what we need to do in the future, right? Now that is like left brain thinking and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. We need that kind of thinking. Okay. The only problem inherent in the system is it is all based on certain assumptions, right? The assumptions are that, uh, any one person could go out and look at this tree and say, yes, this tree has yellow leaves. Okay. We assume that that person knows, what yellow is, right? Um, and that they're good at observing and explaining themselves. Okay. That's a big assumption. Now could be, you know, that they're colorblind and they go out and, and they say, okay, this leaf is, is yellow, but in fact it's orange, right? So we're assuming that that person is not colorblind, but they might be. Okay. So there's some holes in this type of thinking as well. Um, another hole that I find, especially as I was doing my research is the measurement process. You know, we can measure all kinds of things, but if the tools to measure are limited in themselves, then it's not going to give you uh, proper information. Uh, another pro problem with this type of thinking is that there is, you know, um, about 80% of the, the things that you're going to go out and measure are going to be correct, right? They're going to be within this, um, you know, kind of error margin that, that is all like normal and average, right? But you're going to have five to 10% on either side of those. That's never going to be quote unquote correct. Okay. It's always going to be an outlier. So in any science, I don't care what it is, you're going to have outliers. So you're going to have, um, people, circumstances, things that don't fit the, the standard requirements. Okay. So when people say, oh, we can only trust science. Yes, but you can only trust science to a certain degree because there could be an outlier. I'll give you a great example. Now I am not, um, I, I don't care what your COVID vaccination status is. I really don't. And I believe that it's a personal thing. So keep it to yourself. Okay. Just as I don't care what your, uh, your gender is, keep it to yourself. I don't care what your, uh, marital status is. I don't care what your sexual preference is. That's all up to you. You make your own decisions. You keep it to yourself. I'll keep mine to myself. Okay. 
However, when we say we have to trust science, yes, we do. And we also have to understand that that vaccination is not going to work for everybody. There are many people who have had the vaccination and who have died within 12 to 24 hours after. And people will cite, oh, well, that's, you know, you can't trust that because that's just an outlier. Well, outliers are a part of science. Okay, so you have to trust that there will be outliers. <laughs> and when you're making that decision, you have to ask yourself, am I going to be in the normal distribution or am I going to be an outlier on one side or the other? Okay. I just bring it up as a great example because I'm seeing people, you know, throwing science all over the place as a justification for this and that and the other. And, you know, the more that I've done my research, the more I, I trust uh, science a little bit less because you can manipulate all kinds of things. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Now, let me tell you about the second type of thinking. Okay, the second type of thinking is really using the right side of your brain more. So this is um, very intuitive. Um, it's a very visual type of thinking. So intuitive means that you are um, collecting actually data all over the place um, and you're, you're downloading it into your subconscious. And based on past experiences, you're, you're getting these intuitive hits that are saying, hey, go here, go there, do this, do that, say this, say that. Okay. It's not, um, a reflex like a lot of people would think because a reflex is kind of like everybody has the same reflexes, right? When a, a newborn is born, um, within the first three months, they have a falling reflex. So when you go to put them in the crib, if their arms flail out, it's because they're not used to gravity and they have that reflex. Now, eventually they get used to gravity and they no longer have that reflex. Okay. But intuition is not like a reflex because it is based on everything that you have kind of collected in your life up until this point. Okay. And it's visual. So it's less uh, about the, the words that we use and it's more about the things that we see. It's also about feelings. So you might not have words to explain what is happening but you might be able to, to talk about um, uh, metaphors or allegories or similes, or you might be able to draw a picture or just say, mm, this is how I feel about this. Uh, I was talking to somebody the other day and they're like, yeah, no, I'm just going to communicate with you in, with you in grunts. Okay. Cause that's where I'm at right now. Um, but it's also a very creative way of thinking. So um, I, I know people who have this ability to take, uh, they kind of walk into a room full of people and they can collect the energy. I don't know how better to explain this, but they can collect the energy of the people and they can come up with some creative form of expression. So it might be painting or it might be drawing or it might be telling a story or it might be, um, you know, telling jokes. And, and really what they've done is they've collected all the information and they've assimilated it and said, ah, oh, yes, this is how I might explain to these people either what is happening right now or how can I move their energy to a better place? Okay. So it, it is a type of thinking. Um, my left brain friends who are very logical don't see that as a type of thinking, but it is, it truly is. It's just using a different part of the brain. 
And those are my friends who, who are very right-brained. They understand that logic is important, but they also understand that you, you can only have so much logic. Because sometimes there are things that are happening in life that quite frankly don't have words. For example, um, you know, we've been talking a lot lately about grief and loss. So grief and loss for a left brain thinker, they would say, you know what, uh, what are those five stages of grief? Okay. Which stage am I in? And they try to fit themselves within that framework because they know somebody somewhere has done some research on grief and they know that, you know, there's supposed to be these five stages. So I'll just follow that and I'll, I'll get out of this. Right. A right brain thinker understands grief and loss in a very deep and meaningful and significant way that a left brain thinker would never understand. They're going to feel it intensely. They're going to um, have lessons and messages that come to them. Um, and quite frankly, they're probably going to be more adept at helping someone else go through the grief process they intuitively understand that there are these stages of grief, but yet they also understand they're iterative, meaning that they are not logical. They don't go in a linear straight line. You bop back and forth between all five of those. So uh, a right brain thinker, let's go back to our uh, experiencing the trees uh, experience that I talked about earlier. So they might go outside and yes, they're going to see the same trees, right? They're going to see the yellow and the brown. They're going to feel, you know, what, what, um, you know, the, the trunk feels like. Um, they're going to smell just as well as a left brain thinker, but they're going to go a little bit beyond that. And they might feel things that um, a left brain thinker wouldn't. So for example, they might feel the winds. They might, they might get an intuitive hit of like, oh, this is where my day is going today. They might have a deep sense of gratitude of just being out in nature, right? So they're going to basically, I guess an easy way to think about this is left brain thinkers take the outside and bring it in. Right brain thinkers experience the outside and take what's inside and bring it out. So they can go amongst these trees, right? Experience the same thing from the outside, but they take what's inside them and they bring it out. They might create a poem or they might, um, you know, have a great conversation with somebody about being out in nature. They might meditate. Um, it's it's going to be a very different experience. Okay. So what I'm hearing is left brain thinkers saying that right brains are, are not thinking and vice versa. <laughs> um, right brains are saying, hey, you're not experiencing, you're not feeling. Now, neither one of those are true. It's just a different variation. So I want you to ask yourself, if you had to pick one of these, right or left, which would you be, which camp would you be in? Are you more factual, logical, verbal, or are you more intuitive, visual, and creative? Okay. Now ask yourself, no matter which side you're on, how can you go more towards the middle so that you can value both of those? Now that does not mean that if you could, because I know that there are some listeners here that you are almost a hundred percent left brained. Okay. And I love you. 
And I am not saying that you have got to go, you know, into the middle yourself. However, what I'm saying is how can you value and respect that other people might have a different way of thinking and living and experiencing the world than you do? So rather than trying to tell them, hey, get with the times, trust the science, if they're saying, hey, I I can't trust the science right here because I know deep down in my heart, this is not right for me, right? How can you honor and value and respect them when they have a different representation of the world? And who is on your team that's helping you to think in that different way, or at at least able to give you that kind of an experience? And equally, if you find yourself squarely uh, on the right brain, and there are some of you who are, uh, I I look at the way that you live life and I'm like, wow, I'm I'm fascinated that you can pay your bills and and show up to work on time (laughs) because you're so much kind of in that moment, right? And I love you. Ask yourself, because some of you I've had conversations and you're like, I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand why they're not connecting their head and their heart and their spirit and, and, Ask yourself, how can you value, honor, and respect someone who has a different representation and experience in the world? Okay. How can you come a little bit more towards the the middle? So again, it might not be that you have to, you know, increase your left brain thinking, but who's on your team who can help you to, to use that left brain thinking. And I would highly encourage you if you are a leader and you're squarely in one of these two two areas, you need to have somebody on your leadership team who is in the other one, okay? Uh, And it's going to be difficult and challenging at times, and you're not going to really understand them. Go with it anyway, because it's a really valuable um, leadership skill to be able to, to think in both ways. And if you're not able to do that thinking, at least have somebody who's on your team who's able to do that, okay? All right, I know this is a little longer than what we've we've done recently, but I really felt like I needed to share this because I've got so many people out there who are like, science, 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 and then trust your heart, trust your heart, trust your heart. Both, both are needed, um, but both have their limitations as well. That's why we need them both, okay? So if you are squarely in just the science, please understand this. Science is not not uh, um, 100% accurate. That's kind of the whole point of science. You know, if you ever read any sort of science article or journal, there's going to be a section in there on assumptions. That means here is what we are assuming is going to happen. And this is what is like the foundation of our research, right? Doesn't mean that those things actually happen. They're assuming that that's happening, right? That's a limitation. Equally, you know, you can trust your heart, trust your heart, trust your heart. However, if you don't have enough experience or, um, yeah, there's just limitations in that as well, right? So anytime you can collect some information, bring it inside and say, okay, now what is my heart saying? That's better off for you, okay? So using both types of these thinking are going to help you have a really good representation of what's happening in the world. Okay. Awesome. Hey, thank you so much for being here today. And with that, I release you into the wild. Go forth and prosper. Have an amazing day. We'll catch you next time. All right. Bye-bye.